0: Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. Why? Because I talk about the things that nobody else is talking about, like why you're struggling to make your first 100K. Why is that such an obstacle that holds back 90% of entrepreneurs? And we're going to talk about maybe you're at the next stage and you need to make that next 100K. So we talk about that too. Plus I tackle the common challenges that I believe 90% of entrepreneurs struggle with. Like what is that mental game of entrepreneurship year one, year two, year three? That's what we get into. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I am also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and I'm very proud of it. I've had a few successes along the way. I now own two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida, where I get to coach hundreds of entrepreneurs on how to make their first 100K or next 100K. This show is created for you, the entrepreneur, homepreneur that is struggling to break through. If this is your first time joining us on this show, I just want to say thanks for being here. It's going to be an awesome show. And if you're one of the thousands of listeners that listen to the show in over 30 countries across planet Earth right now every single week, thank you so much for coming back every single week. The show doesn't happen without you. Today, our featured guest is Chris Staley, and Chris is a digital marketer, entrepreneur with a passion for helping businesses succeed online. So what does that actually mean? I actually like this little part of his bio. It's it's, it's playful. Chris envisions a world where every business tests their ideas, where touching a computer screen doesn't leave a fingerprint, and where lightsabers are real. When he's not fixing his hair, you will most likely find him pushing the boundaries of A-B testing and disrupting the website design space. So we're going to get into that. If you don't know what A-B testing is on your website, Chris is going to talk a little bit about that today. But first, we're going to get into his entrepreneurial journey, right? The, huma- the human side of business before we get into the products and services. So Chris, welcome to the show. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you?
1: Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me on the show, show, Joseph. I'm excited to be here. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Anytime I hear entrepreneur in my bio, it always it still kind of uh, causes my, my stomach to curl a little bit because I am not your typical entrepreneur. I'm not the kind of guy that has always imagined himself starting a business. I didn't set out to change the world or anything like that. Um, you know, I kind of accidentally... Um, accidentally, purposely became an entrepreneur, and uh, you know, and so I have been um, working in the digital marketing world. You know, that's kind of my my area of, of focus for close to ten years now. Um, and the first, probably, I think six years, um, I was I was just an in house employee. You know, I was I was mm-hmm. working at various jobs, working at various companies, um, and ultimately there was there was a series of events that led up to to me starting an agency um and I I the thing I love about this show talking about the first 100k I mean the first 100k for me was uh horrendous it was awful it was painful because I realized how unqualified I was uh to be an entrepreneur. And so, um, we, we well, have before, a lot, we I'm
0: going to pause with. you right there. Right. Okay. Before we get into the actual story, uh, which we will, we're going to talk about that struggle and how ugly and messy it was. But before we, before we do take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life know.
1: So, um, so my wife and I were, uh, I've, I've been married for about seven years and, uh, and last year for almost the entire year, my, my wife and I actually were separated. Um, mm. and this is not actually the thing that, that I, the, the, the personal thing, cause a lot of my, my coworkers know this. Um, but, um, while we were separated, my wife actually got me a, a Bob Ross painting kit, um i've always been a fan of the bob ross tv show
0: oh so bob me- ross the guy with the big afro, the big from afro the 80s. yeah
1: that guy got it so I, I i watched that growing up and so she got me this for father's day mm-hmm. um and you know and at first I, it was kind of like a, a joke i thought but it was like 150 dollars so i was like oh, i'll try it out um so I got into painting and it became a really great form of self care for me. Mm. I'm not a super artistic guy. I, I have never been good at art. I can't draw a picture to save my life. Uh, but this, you know, the, this painting style, I, I literally will watch an episode of Bob Ross and paint along with him. I'll pause you know, I'll watch him do 10 seconds, pause it. It'll take me uh, six hours to paint a 30 minute Bob Ross uh, painting. But I love it, and you know, and it it's turned out to become a great um, kind of hobby of mine. And even now, you know, my wife and I are are back together now, and I've got two beautiful kids. Um, and whenever I get the chance, I will. Uh, my kids know that I love to run into my my paint room and, um, you know, spend a few hours painting.
0: You know, I love that you shared that, Chris, and I think that's going to be such an awesome memory for your kids to see dad having this creative outlet rather than just work, 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 you know, like we do all the time. And to have that creative space to really just sit and marinate with your ideas and challenges and problems. I think that's fantastic that you did that. So Startup Nation right out the gate. Chris is dropping some wisdom bombs on us here. It's fantastic. Chris, let's get right down to business. My audience loves context. Uh, now, you're with uh, an agency, disruptiveadvertising.com, uh, and you merged your business, which was very successful. You merged it into theirs and integrated. About how much revenue did you guys do uh, your first 12 months in business? Uh,
1: my agency, before I merged with Disruptive, uh, mm-hmm. the first 12 months was just barely over 100K. I think it was like 120K in revenue. So that first year was uh, there was the make it or break it point for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I decided that. if,
1: if, if this doesn't become successful in the first year, I'm, I'm walking away.
0: Got it. And now, um, what would be the gross revenue approximately in the past 12 months?
1: Uh, the past 12 months, we were at about 12 and a half million.
0: Got it. So a significant jump there, right? And how long um, have you been with this agency? Where you've merged.
1: So I started my company four years ago, about four and a half years ago at this point. And mm-hmm. um, about two years into my business, uh, I merged with Disruptive. So I've been with Disruptive now for two, a little over two years.
0: Very cool. I love it. Now, I'd like to ask this question before we jump into your story. Why do you think that 90% of entrepreneurs are struggling to make the first 100K?
1: Mm. The- there's a lot of reasons. I'll tell you why I struggled to make my Mm -hmm. first arcade. And I would assume that it's probably similar is I did not believe in myself. I had so much self doubt. And frankly, this is something that I've really learned. Um, and I, I'm continuing to learn. I placed so much of my worth, so much of my value as a person on how much money I was making or, um, how cool of a car I drove or how big my house was. And, and so when the pressure was on, when, you know, the first six months when I wasn't, you know, I wasn't on a, even on a hundred K run rate, my first, you know, three to six months, um, it's really challenging. You have all this self doubt and it's like, I'm gonna have to sell my house. I'm gonna to sell my car. Like I suck. I, you know, I, I, I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, and so I think that self doubt was something that almost destroyed me. Um, personally and professionally.
0: Mm, I get that. So let me ask you this, right? You described the pain. What did you do? What was like one step that you took to combat that self-doubt?
1: There a couple things. Um, one that I'll, that I'll mention um, that I actually, my awareness was raised to this from a podcast. Um, I, was, I was listening to the Tim Ferriss show and he kept bringing up, he kept interviewing these people these very successful people in all these different fields that kept talking about meditation. And I was like, what the freak? Like, why, why does everyone keep talking about this? Um, I thought it was just a bunch of mumbo jumbo, like, uh, and, and I just frankly didn't buy into it. Um, and then a therapist of mine recommended it to me and I'm like, here we go again with the meditation. So I finally decided to try it. Um, and, there's been so many things that have come from meditation. I still do it to this day. I started this about probably three and a half years ago. Um, Mm. that has been helpful for me. One is meditation. Even if I just spend 15 minutes and a lot of times when I have a really busy day, um, you know, and with the kind of growth that, that, you know, that our business has had over the last, 24 months. Um, Every day is a very busy day. (laughs) Um, But especially when I when I get to a day where it's like my entire schedule is back to back all day, there's no time to sit down and decompress. um, I will, I will step aside for 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes and meditate and it completely changes my entire demeanor. Like what it does is it helps me recharge my batteries, help me kind of flush out, uh, flush out all the crap that piles up in your head over the course of a day. And it helps me just get back to a place of centeredness of connected Mm. to myself connected with life and being present in the moment. Um, So that's one big thing. And and we can talk a little bit more about that. But the other big thing that I did want to mention that I also thought was really stupid when I first, uh, somebody recommended it to me was um, affirmation statements. So again, I was struggling with self doubt and, and I just wasn't connected with who I am and who I want to be. And so I, uh, somebody recommended, you know, write down these affirmation statements. Who are you? You know, who, who are you truly? Where does your worth come from? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't come from how much money you make. So where does it come from? And so I had to sit there and think about that. Well, why am I of worth? Why do I love myself? Um, those types of things. And I, and I wrote them out and it started out with like five statements. Cause that's all I could think of. Um, and I would sit there and I would say these things to myself. You know, I love myself. I have worth. I'm worthy of love. I'm worthy of uh, respect. You know, what I do, how much money I make, what other people think about me does not affect my worth or change my worth. These, like, just very simple statements that to me sounded kind of stupid. And it sounded like a, a used car salesman, like rehearsing, like, I'm going to sell a lot of cars today. You know, <laughs> but that's not what it is. What it does for me is, and I started doing this every morning. And then I also started doing it anytime I felt like I was really struggling, like I was disconnected with who I was. Um, What it started doing for me is it helped me to remind myself over and over and over again. Who am I? What am I all about? What am I trying to accomplish? What do I believe in? Um, And because it's very easy to forget when you're so busy during the course of a day. And so it really helped me to, and, and like I said, I still do this to this day and I've gone from having like five affirmation statements to like 50 or 60 because I find new situations in my life where I feel like I need something else to help me power through, you know, like, um, Hey, my, my, I have a client that hates me and wants to cancel, or I've got an employee that hates me and wants to quit. Um, you know, and I, and I find myself struggling. It's like, man, I did something wrong. This person hates me. I need everybody to like me. And then it's like, oh yeah, okay, let me come back. Let me remind myself. Okay, you know, my worth is not dependent on what my employees think about me. And I don't need everybody to like me. Everyone gets their own choice of whether they like me or not. And if they decide not to like me, that doesn't mean that I suck. It doesn't mean I'm a worthless human being. And that's what I've just thought my whole life is, if somebody doesn't like me, they're mad at me, I suck.
0: Chris, I really love that you're sharing this. And what I especially love, like I'm just represencing myself right now as you're talking to why I love doing this show. Because like this is stuff people don't talk about when you talk about business. When you talk about entrepreneurship, it's all about making the money, making the money. And like you're talking about, well, hold on a second. You know, I really had to step away from the making the money part and look at, I'm a human, like what is, really drives me? It's not the money, because if you take away the money, then what? Who's left? Mm-hmm. Who am I without money? And, and if your answer startup nation, when someone asks you, who are you when you have no money and, and you can't answer that, that's a problem. Like that's something to go tackle like immediately, like today, like Chris is saying. Like, write down two or three things. Where does your worth come from if it doesn't come from your your finances or your occupation? And this is what many of us, especially as men, struggle with, Chris, right? Is the second our occupation changes, we lose our identity because we placed it in the wrong thing. We placed it in something that is not a foundation. It's, it's, like, it's like we placed it in the wind. And then when the wind blows a different direction, we're like, where did it go? Who am I, <laughs> right? And, and I love that you shared that. And, and this is the human side of entrepreneurship because this is the 90% mental game that jacks us up, right, in all areas of our business. And if we don't have a head right, our money's not going to be right. Our health's not going to be right. Our business isn't going to be right. All our relationships aren't going to be right. So Chris, thanks for going. There. I really got that. All right. So bring us back, um, you know, to the year one. You're starting your business and uh, you're right out the gate. How did you land your very first client? Like, take us back to that uh, experience. Um, paint us a vivid picture. Tell us that story.
1: Yeah. So actually before I started my business, I was working in house for a company that was owned by an investment group called the, I think it's called the rock bridges investment group. It's Dan Gilbert who owns like the Cleveland Cavaliers and, you know, some other huge businesses, quicken loans. Um, I was working in house and I'm, I'm doing, you know, what I do now, conversion rate optimization, running AB tests on websites. And we were seeing tremendous success and so, you know, we got the attention of, of the investment group and they said, hey, can you train some of the other businesses on how to do this? You know, and so for me, I'm going, yeah, sure. This is great. I'll get more exposure. Maybe I'll get a raise. Like, <laughs> um, and so I started doing these trainings for some of these other companies that are in this investment group. And, um, and, and anytime, I, like whenever I get to the end of the training, almost every time people go, hey, this is great information, Chris. Uh, we don't have anybody that can do this. Can you just help us do this? And you know and that happened over and over again, not just with this investment group, I would have you know of course, anytime you have a skill set, every relative of yours is going to come and be like, "Hey, can you fix my computer? Hey, can you like you know all these different things And so you know I'm having all these different people asking me for help, um, and oddly enough, my wife actually was who pushed me into starting a company. <laughs> um, you know i I come from a background my my dad um, has always You know, had a very stable job. He worked at Intel for 25 years, and you know, he's he's been with Adobe for I think 10 years, and so I mean, he's a very consistent, steady job, you know, type of guy. So I was raised with this very conservative mindset of you get a job, you stick with it. My wife um, kept encouraging me. She's like, "Hey, you should try this. People keep asking me for help. You should try this. You should try this over and over and over again." I mean, she's just like ringing in my ear. And I was so averse to risk that I was just like, ah, oh, no, I'm making really good money. You know, I was making six figures and this is great. Um, and so finally, I actually had a, had a, um, a sit down with the CEO at the company I was at. And he was like, dude, we're not doing well as a business right now. I know you're crushing it. Your division's crushing it, but the company's not doing well right now. We need to make some changes. We need to figure out what, what to do. What do you want to do? And so he was basically asking me, do you want to shift your role so that it makes a little bit more sense to the company? Do you do you not? And and so it was at that point, it was kind of like, huh, this opportunity kind of presented itself. I could try to make this, fit, you know, make this work out, uh, or I could go and start on my own and, and see what happens. And so I decided to go start on my own. I met with a bunch of mentors and got some advice like, what kinds of things should I be thinking about? You know, and, and one, I think the most memorable feedback actually two, of the most memorable pieces of feedback that I got. One was um, you've got to have very firm milestones. Like what are your bailout points? Because so many entrepreneurs just like are constantly living on a pipe dream and you don't want to, you know, drag your wife and kids through that. And so like, what, what is your goal that if you don't hit, you're going to walk away? So I had this like walk away milestone in my mind, which, which was like 75 K I think. And it was like, okay, if I don't make 75 K in the first year, um, which obviously is very different than a lot of other people. A lot of other people is like, well, I'm not going to make any money for the first couple of years. But with me, you know, starting an agency, it's like, okay, I can start making money right away. If I don't make 75 K, I can't pay the bills. Like, you know, and so then I'm, I'm. I'm gonna have to go back to a job. So that was like my walk away point. And the other piece of feedback that I got that I really appreciated, and I was just reflecting on this yesterday because I realized I was struggling with this again, was um, the feedback was you have to have a why. Like, why are you doing this beyond making money? Because if your goal is to just make money, that will not sustain you for very long. Um, Because as soon as you make money, then you're going to sit back and you're going to realize you're no longer inspired to do anything else, um, and and so the, those were the two I think most valuable pieces of feedback. So, anyways, I start. I decided to take the leap, started my company. So I just went through and reached out to all these people that had been asking me for help, you know, and and I just um, I had not had a very. I, I didn't have like a lead system, so this was all just like. um, figuring crap out on the spot. So it's like, uh, I need to find a client. Okay. I'm going to go reach out to these companies that I did these trainings for, reach out to my relatives, ask them if they know anybody. And, uh, and so the first client that I got was one of those companies that I had done a training for. Um, and they kind of put their, uh, their neck on the line to help me figure my crap.
0: (laughs) Wow. Got it. So just to clarify, you didn't go line up uh, any clients before you left the company you were with, you went out on your own with no clients, full risk, no safety net, and then started looking for clients. Is that correct?
1: Um, let me, let me clarify that. Cause I think I made the decision to start my business, but I had not yet left my full-time job. So I made the decision. All right, this is what I'm going to do. I've got two weeks to figure my crap out. And so during, during those like final wind down uh, weeks of my job, it was like, all right, you know, so, That's smart. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Smarter play. So, so startup nation, if you're currently working somewhere right now and you're moonlighting a business on the side, continue that strategy, right? Start replacing the, the existing income that you're making from your, your J O B right? Land those new clients, take the risk. This way you're not putting your family at risk, right? It's kind of like when you go and you bet money at a casino, right, Chris? Like don't, only use discretionary income, right? (laughs) Don't use your savings. Like that's just like a disaster way to happen. So I think it's the same in entrepreneurship. So Startup Nation, uh, really valuable two insights that Chris just dropped on us is come up immediately with your walk away milestone. What is that walkaway milestone? What is that, that uh, amount of money you need to make by when in order? And if it doesn't happen, you're going to walk away. No emotions, no anything, just your logic. Uh, and you're going to say, okay, I gave it everything I had for this amount of time. It didn't work. I'm moving on to the next thing. So what is that walkaway milestone? And then second, what's your why? What's the thing? Once you hit that number and the other numbers and you're making all that money, Like if you take away all that money, like what's next? Like what is that big thing that drives you? And I think that's so valuable uh, what Chris is sharing with us here. So Chris, I talk about this often on the show. Uh, What is your superpower? What would you say is the one thing that you're naturally just gifted at, like raw talent, and you've practiced and practiced and practiced, and now it's become a superpower that you really, if you just focused on that and nothing else and outsourced everything else, you would hit greatness. Like, what is that superpower?
1: Um, I really like this question. I'm going to answer this question with two different things because um, what I'm great at now is not what I was great at when I started my business. Um, And so I'll maybe lead with that one. I was not great at sales when I started my company, (laughs) which, I mean, you would think that's kind of like a no-brainer skill that every entrepreneur needs to have um, cause it's like, how are you going to make your business successful if you can't sell it? Um, and so, I mean the first six months, this is why the first six months were so brutal. So the first client I got was kind of a lay down close, right? It was like, I had already established rapport. I had a, you know, a, a network connection. Um, but as soon as I got that client and I had worked through like all of my immediate, like top of mind contacts, I realized really quickly I don't know that many people i i don't have that many contacts i haven't been networking because when i had a full-time job the only purpose i could possibly see for networking was to find a better job and i'm like well i have a great job i don't need to go network so i had not spent any time networking i didn't have a very established network and because i had been working in house the only people that i talked to the only people that i had to sell were people that already knew what i was doing And so there was already all of this context, there was already all of this um, clout that I was bringing to those conversations. And so I realized pretty fast that like reaching out to people out of the blue and trying to just like pitch them and say, hey, um, I can help you make a lot of money by doing this cool thing, um, you know, didn't work. (laughs) And so, um, so my first like six months was a crash course in sales. Uh, You know, going from being the technical guy that can talk in very technical terms to developers and to, you know, in-house designers and all these different things. Going from that to talking to a business owner that doesn't know what I do, that doesn't know why he needs what I do, and that doesn't understand any of the technical jargon that I use. Um, That was really hard for me, you know. Uh, And so I went to a lot of networking events Um, I signed up for a a local networking group here in Utah called, uh, corporate alliance that, um, you know, had like a group networking thing every week. And, and I went to any networking event that I could possibly find on LinkedIn, like just anything that I could find where I could go and talk to people. Um, and I went and I practiced my elevator pitch and I practiced my, um, you know, practiced, uh, really just explaining what I do to people and asking for feedback. Like that was something that I also realized is you've got to have a lot of humility as an entrepreneur, because if you're not willing to go and share with people, guys, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And, um, you know, and I would love feedback on how I can do this better. If you can, if you can do that, you can be successful in anything. If you can constantly be open for people's feedback and asking for it, be willing to act on it, then you'll constantly be improving.
0: So Chris, let me ask you this, right? Just to clarify. So you went out to networking groups, practicing your pitch and pretty much what you're practicing is you're practicing sucking at first, right? Exactly. Right. Looking like an idiot exactly but you go out there and do it so as you're like you walk over to a person they have their drink in their hand and you're like hey i'm chris you know what do you do right that typical question or whatever and then they're like what do you do and then you you start blabbering through it or whatever at what point do you turn to them and are you like how did i do Was that terrible like how did you bring up asking for feedback like how do you do that in those conversations i'm curious
1: yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a great question. And there's, there were two different contexts under which I would have these networking conversations. Some networking groups will have like a formalized process like, hey, go sit down at the table with seven or eight other people and you know, spend two minutes and tell everybody what your name is and what you do. Uh, you know, so like sometimes they'll have a formalized thing. And I actually, I needed that at first because I was terrified of just walking up to somebody and striking up a conversation out of thin air because I didn't feel like I had very good conversational skills. Um, and so, so that was, that came first was the structured networking thing. And then after that came the, you know, like after the structured thing's over, then everyone's just sitting around talking. Like you said, they've all got a drink in their hand or a snack or something. Um, and, and you just walk up and talk. And at first it was, it was brutal. You know, I'm just walking up thinking that every person is just going to buy from me. And so I was just like, hi, I'm Chris. I help uh, companies make a lot of money from testing on their website. Uh, do you guys have a website? You know, just like all these stupid questions and people are just like, yeah, you know, like kind of taken back. And so, um, you know, I had a lot of really uncomfortable, unpleasant experiences of people just like, you know, I, I, I was not a great communicator, but I'm not an idiot. I can see when somebody's not connecting with what I'm saying, and so that's usually when, when I feel like there's some kind of disconnect, then um, that's where, that's typically where I'll say, you know what, like I realize I just totally launched into my pitch. Um, tell me, like, wh- are, are you interested in talking to me about this? And if not, like, I would love any feedback you have, because I'm new to this. I'm a new entrepreneur. I'm new to networking. And I would love any feedback you have. Maybe um, I, maybe I shouldn't just walk right up to people and, and launch into my pitch. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> and so what I learned, not very quickly, by the way, it took me several months to learn that like, oh, okay, the best way to actually get someone interested in your business is not to talk about your business. It's good to go up and be interested in them and ask questions about what they're doing. What kind of things are you struggling with? And when somebody else gets vulnerable, that's their defenses come down. When you get vulnerable with people, your defenses come down mutually uh, because when defenses are up, sales are very challenging. You're like trying to beat your way through a brick wall. Um, but when people get vulnerable and they start sharing, hey, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with this, and you say, hey, I've actually been in that situation before. Um, let me share some. Let me share something with you that's helped me. Or maybe that's a great time to talk about your business. When they're like, hey, I'm actually struggling with my website, but that's usually not what happens. So, anyways, that's that's what I started to learn is that vulnerability in a networking uh, scenario, vulnerability is one of the best ways. And honestly, this actually has applied to my current role where i so i i feel like now sales are a major strength of mine and if i just focused on that um and not on any other part of my business i feel like i would crush it i feel like the business would crush it Um, but i found that even still when we have potential clients that will come into the office if i can be vulnerable with them if i can share with them like listen let me share with you my why let me share with you why i do this and be really vulnerable and share something that's personal to me, defenses come down, they're open to hear what I have to say. And a lot of times they relate with what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, hey, I, I had these struggles when I was working in companies. I was struggling with this, I was struggling with this. I needed help with this and people start going, yeah, yeah, me too, yeah. Um, so that, that was one big thing. Like I said, I did not start out with a, uh, with a strong skill in sales, but that's something I feel like I have developed Um, out of necessity because I was such an idiot starting out.
0: I get it. Startup Nation, this is why I think what Chris is saying is so brilliant right now. It's simple and it's brilliant. So many of you are out there networking, right? You're going through the, to the business functions. you're, You're either just starting out, you're about to start out or you've been at it for years and your networking sucks, Let's just be flat about it. I, you have come over to me and pitched right out the gate or asked me that horrific question. Hi, what do you do? The second you do that to me, I literally just put you in a box of people I do not see value in, like immediately, right? And all my walls went up the second you asked that question, just like Chris said. I love this. What he's sharing right now is brilliant. He comes over to people. You can go over to people and just start with your why. Start with who the heck you are. Like what makes you tick, right? And then ask them about them, right? The second you lower your defenses with vulnerability, hey, hi, I'm Joseph. You know, let me tell you about what, why I do what I do. You know, I believe in people and I have gone, like if I was pitching a networking service, like what you're, you're saying, Chris, if that was my pitch, I'd be like, hi, I'm Joseph. Let me tell you my why, because you know, I'm at these networking events and I just don't get it. Like everyone occurs so superficial. Don't you think? Right. I would just start right out and they'd be like, yeah. Like, who's not going to say yeah to that? We all think it, we all see it. And I'm like, don't you hate when people just come over and say, Hey, what do you do? (laughs) <laughs> everyone hates that. Right. So now I have relatability and I'll be like, you know what? I feel like a fish out of water here. Yep. You know, how do you feel? And know. Oh, shit. I hate this. Right. That's what people are going to say. I hate this. You know, I, I really wish I could just connect with people and just have a real conversation. You know what? Let's, you want to explore with me? Like I'm going to share what like actually makes me tick. And then I'd love to hear what makes you tick like your big why what do you think you want to do? You know how many people would say yes to that? Like right out there and, and be like, Oh my gosh, I found the one person I actually want to speak with here at this event.
1: Well, and I just want to say on that note, because I think you just nailed something. One, one um, fear that I had when I first went to these networking events, I mean, it was, it's so easy as a new entrepreneur to just like, you're just like smelling money everywhere. It's just like, everyone just has a dollar sign on their forehead. It's like, there's like 500 people here. Every single one of them is a potential client. I need to talk to everyone in this room. And that's another mistake I made at first was thinking that I need to, like, if I don't talk to everyone, then I might miss a great opportunity. And so (laughs) I just ran around with a stack of business cards and I'm like, Hey, I'm Chris. I do A-B testing for websites. Here's my business card. You know, walk to the next person. It's just like, and, and none of those people ever called me. None of those people ever reached out to me. Like no one's ever sitting there going, oh yeah, hey, this guy just like handed me his business card. He does A-B testing. I want that. Like no, no one does that. And so what I've, what I've realized, and this is something that maybe just in the last year or two, I feel like I have really enjoyed networking events a lot more because I go, looking to have one great conversation with one person. Um, and, And a lot of times, I mean, sometimes while I'm having that great conversation, someone else will come along and whatever we're talking about, and it probably isn't my business. It's probably, hey, I really struggle with this thing. I really struggle with sales. I really struggle with, um, you know, one of my employees is really pissed off and, and wants to quit right now. How do I, how do I help them out of that mindset? And then someone will say, Hey, I have that problem too. And you know, a bunch of people will jump in and people will, and, and again, it's just like this vulnerability. And I focus on having one really great connecting conversation. And I have gotten more clients from networking events in the last few years than I ever did running around, handing my business card out to every single person, because even if this one person like, you know, it was like, if in the first one minute, this person wasn't actually a good prospect for me, I was checked out of the conversation, I was ready to move on to the next one. But now it's like, hey, I, I focus on really building a relationship with one person. And maybe they're not a good client for me. And, and you know what, maybe nothing productive comes out of that conversation other than the fact that I got to connect. But you know what, I wasn't running around like a you know, chicken with my head cut off the whole time, stressing out about talking to everyone. I actually enjoy the networking event, but more often than not, I'll have this conversation. And because somebody cares about me, because they lowered their defenses and I said something and they said something and we connected and they care about me, they just naturally want to help me out. What do you do again, Chris? Oh, you know what? I actually know here. I got to introduce you to Joe over here. He actually would be a great client for you. Like these kinds of conversations just happen naturally. And i don't even have to ask for them and so that's where like one other tip that i would give is just like when you go to networking events don't just try to like i have to talk to every single person just focus on having one decent conversation and connecting with someone and see what happens
0: man powerful stuff startup nation my intention on this show was not to speak about networking right but Chris, you brought it up so brilliantly. And I know literally like 89% of the people listening right now struggle with this, right? And this is a great source of business is networking events. If you go in with the focus of building relationships, not trying to steal people's money, right? Like not looking at people as dollar signs, but looking at them as humans, right? People I want to create connection with. Like Startup Nation, like try that on. The next networking event you have scheduled this week, take Chris's advice. Do not go in looking at dollar signs. Go in looking for one connection with one person and have a real conversation and just explore, experiment, see where it goes. I know the times I've done this, Chris, in my own business, I was the guy who is in the corner of the room, having a drink with someone else. And we're both just laughing and having a blast because we're authentic and just having fun. And we weren't there with an agenda. And I'll tell you, people want to be around that. And all of a sudden, even though we were in the corner of the room, we became the center of the room, if you know what I mean. A group of people just trickle in, hey, what are you guys laughing about? What's so funny over here? Why? Because they're all miserable in their conversations <laughs> and they wanna be part of what's real. And before you know it, you're connecting them and you're like, oh, hey John, you need to meet so-and-so and so-and-so. Now you're the person of value in, the, in that circle. And now everyone wants to contribute to you, be around you, find out more about what you, what you do. And, and Startup Nation, this is the secret recipe for networking. Chris literally just dropped it fierce, and it's brilliant, and I love it. So we're going to jump uh, – we're going to go a little back here. Chris, what would you say was the number one fear your first year in business that really messed with your head?
1: Um, honestly, I think it was – because, I mean, fear of failure is really just like a very general, broad thing, and I think we already talked about that with – kind of reminding myself of what I'm all about. But I think that, that um, a little bit more specific than like fear of failure was I had, I had a huge fear of like clients canceling, you know? It was like, of course, with my first couple clients, in fact, I remember, I remember <laughs> the first time, it was like three months into starting my business, that first client that I had gotten, um, I only had like one other client at the time. So I had like two clients I'm working with I'm still just like struggling to get it going. And we had a bad month with my with my first client. And I was terrified. Like they sent me this, you know, pretty upset email. Like, hey, things didn't go so well this month. Um, you know, and I'm sitting there scratching my head and it's like, well, I've never encountered this before. Like, how do I handle this? Um, and I was terrified. And I remember just like, laying in bed like keep me up at night I'm just like stressed about it I don't even want to talk to my wife about it because then she's gonna feel all all scared and stuff but I remember I finally did talk to my wife and she she asked me like a no-brainer question she was just like so what are we gonna do if they cancel and I was like I don't know (laughs) I hadn't really thought through that scenario because I was just like so panicked about like what what if that happens what if that happens and so like her asked me that question was like Well, I don't know. I guess if they cancel, I probably need to find some other clients to replace that revenue. Oh yeah, I probably ought to be going out looking for new clients. I haven't been doing that. (laughs) And so that was, it was like a good, like again, no brainer, like crash course in sales. Hello, dummy. You got to have a sales pipeline. And if they cancel, it's okay. Like Mm. it's okay. I'm going to be okay. We're going to be okay. Like again, going back to that bailout point, Maybe we don't reach our revenue milestone and I go back to getting a job. I can do Mm. like, that's not, that's not like my life's not over at that point.
0: (laughs) Startup nation, Chris, again, is landing these points left and right, right? What is that worst case scenario of the thing you fear most right now? Ask yourself that, like, what if it happens? Then what will I do? And nine out of 10 times, Chris, you're right. Like when you look at the worst case scenario, it's not that bad. Or not as bad as we're making it out in our head, right? And this is twice in this show that you brought up your wife and her intuition. And women out there, you're just smarter than us men. That's really what it comes (laughs) down to. And and you just have a sixth sense, I would say. Um, Intuitive, the way God made you is just brilliant. And us men need to listen up more because you really see things little more objective, um, than we do sometimes. So Chris, we're going to wrap it up on this. What is the one thing that you want the world to know about being successful in business?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think that, I think that one of the biggest things that I have recognized is being successful in business, if you can be successful in life, if you can succeed and, you know, going back to the point that we started with at the beginning, if you can feel like you are a success every day, um, if you feel like you are succeeding at, at, Creating a life for yourself that you love, you love yourself, not because you drive an awesome car, not because you have an awesome house, not because um, you know you work with Apple or Google or Facebook or whoever, like you know, big name client you can drop in. Um, but you love what you're doing and what you're all about, and you love getting up every day out of bed. You will be successful in business. Uh, like I think that that is one thing that I have just learned is the more successful I am at just my own personal life business success just naturally follows from that.
0: I love it. So why wow, startup nation, the more emphasis you put on being successful in business and neglecting your personal life, the further away you will be from hitting that goal. The more emphasis you put on creating an awesome life with awesome relationships, like create an awesome relationship with your your creator, create an awesome relationship with your spouse, an awesome relationship with your friends. If you do that, you show up wherever you go, awesome. And people want to be around awesome, happy people. And they want to do business with awesome, happy people. Chris, you have the secret recipe here. With that, we're going to enter the hustle round. Chris, this is where I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? Let's do it. All right, Chris, what's your favorite sound?
1: (laughs) My daughter's voice.
0: Love it. What's your least favorite sound?
1: Uh, my daughter's scream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> got that. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, basketball player. Got it. Chris, what are you most afraid of?
1: Um, I am most afraid of not being enough.
0: Mm, got that. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business?
1: Playing video games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're, you're not my first guest to say that, by the way. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: Um, fear that people are going to get mad at me. I yeah. I struggle with that.
0: I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? Hmm.
1: I wish that I had learned how to set good expectations, how to really understand people, and set proper
0: expectations. Got that. What's a new habit that you want to form?
1: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna respond. In, With a habit i'd like to stop i've been working on stopping biting my nails and it's proving to be quite challenging so i'd like to create a habit of uh of of not doing that
0: got it so that was my next question what's a habit you want to break so okay well (laughs) what's a what's a new one you want to form something good for you maybe
1: um oh this so i would like to um, create a habit of being very thoughtful of what other people want. My wife is a very good like, gift giver and event planner. Like, She's very wise at knowing what people will like, and I'm not. And I, and I recognize mm-hmm. that that is a habit that I can develop of listening to what people are telling me so that when I am thinking about what can I do for them, it's like, oh, yeah, they've already told me 50 things that they like. So I want to create a habit of listening and Got remembering it. what people want.
0: I love that. Create a habit of listening, Startup Nation. Chris, pick three words to describe who you are now.
1: Um, this is who I am and who I strive to be is responsible, honest, and humble.
0: Got it. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business.
1: <laughs> um, scared, um, disorganized, and um, frustrated.
0: Yeah, I get it. Imagine sometime in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it.
1: What I hope that my tombstone says is Chris is a man who loved life, who loved others and inspired others to become better.
0: Got that. And last question, Chris, if you could come back to life after you died and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them?
1: Mm. That's a hard question, but I think, I think it would probably, if especially my kids would be um, to just live life, don't get hung up on the fact on, on losses, the fact he lost me, the fact the fact that you lost whatever in your life that to to constantly look for something to be grateful for
0: that's awesome chris i really appreciate you being on the show what is the best way for startup nation to get in touch with you
1: um, so I'm on social media, believe it or not. I'm not on Facebook or Instagram. So don't look for me there. I'm on uh, LinkedIn or, uh, or Twitter. You can look me up at Chris Daly. My last name is spelled D a Y L E Y, or you can go to disruptiveadvertising.com If you want to, if you want to chat.
0: And you have a free guide for startup nation, correct?
1: We do. Yeah. So I do um, AB testing for companies and, and we created a guide because I keep getting people all the time to ask, how do I get started with this? Uh, what do I do? What are some tools that I should check out? Um, and so we created a guide that just has a bunch of a list of tools, some strategies that we would try if you want to try doing some AB testing on your own. So you can go to disruptiveadvertising.com slash guide and download that for free. And there's a little checkbox if you would like to talk with us. If not, you can just not check the box and you can get the guide.
0: Got it. And Chris, for some of my audience out there in different parts of the world that do not understand what A-B testing is, could you give us 30 seconds? What's the benefit of A-B testing for their business?
1: Sure. So what you want to do is you want to understand what does your audience want to see when they come to to your website? That's the question that you want to answer with A-B testing is what do people want to see? Um, And so what A-B testing is, is you use tools to create a duplicate version of your website, you make a change and see how people respond. So you create a version of your homepage without that scrolling hero banner and see what happens. Maybe people like it better. Maybe you convert more people, you make more revenue. Um, Maybe it doesn't work. Uh, And so it really helps you learn what people do and don't want to see on your website. It's a great way of making data driven changes to your website.
0: Love it. Chris, thank you for joining us today. And I wish you peace, love, and your next 100K. Thank you. You got it. Startup Nation, we exceeded our six-month goal. We now have listeners in over 30 countries. This is amazing. I want to reach 60 countries. Why? Because I am greedy like that. I'm greedy with contribution. I want to contribute to the world, right? Add more value. So many people are struggling to provide for their families. I believe that we can help them get to six figures, make 100K a year plus for their families, right? And what they can do with that, that create a life that they want. So join me in that. Go to first100k.com, become a patron of the show, be my partner. This is like an open invitation to partner with me in business. That's fantastic. That's first100k.com. I am Joseph Warren and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll catch you right back here next week. God bless you.